Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. For this week's episode, we will be discussing one of the most influential poets of the Black arts movement, so get ready for the powerful life of Amiri Baraka. Amiri Baraka was born on October 7, 1934, in Newark, New Jersey. His birth name was Everett Leroy Jones, which he later changed to Amiri Baraka. Growing up, Baraka was very interested in jazz and wanted to be like Miles Davis, a well-known jazz trumpeter. He says, I want it to look like that too, that green shirt and rolled up sleeves on milestones. Always want it to look like that and be able to play on green dolphin street or autumn leaves, that gorgeous, chilling, sweet sound. That's the music you wanted playing when you was coming into a joint or just looking up at the sky with your baby by the side. That mixture of America and them changes, them blue African magic chants. One thing I can definitely say about music and black people is that it brings a sense of belonging and spiritual connection to the world. It keeps us grounded in a world where people looks down on us. It gives us a sense of magical powers when we listen. Literally, so many of us can hear a random noise and we can start making a beat or we can start rapping or dancing to it. We're able to find music in the oddest places. And you really see this come to life in many of Baraka's works. In 1951, he went to Rutgers University for two years, then transferred to Howard University and received a BA in English in 1954. After graduating, he joined the Air Force in hopes of becoming a sergeant. When he was stationed in Puerto Rico, he worked at his base's library and he would read works from black writers in his free time. This grew his interest in writing. Sadly, Baraka's experience in the military made him regret joining. While serving, his commanding officer had received an anonymous letter stating that Baraka was a communist. This caused the base to look through his stuff and... They discovered Soviet letters in his possession and he was dishonorably discharged for violating the oath. He hated being in the Air Force, saying, I found out what it was like to be under the direct jurisdiction of people who hated black people. I had never known that directly. And this was sadly a fact for many black people during this time. And the GI Bill was a huge example of how the military used black people for their advantage. They told black people that they would be taken care of once they're out of service. But once they were done, those promises were like nowhere to be found. It was almost as if they didn't exist. He served until 1957 and moved to the Lower East Side of Manhattan to Greenwich Village. He met many Greenwich Village artists, writers, and musicians. His interest in jazz grew, so he worked in a warehouse of music records. While there, he met the avant-garde Black Mountain Poets and the New York School Poets. In 1958, he married fellow writer Heidi Cohen, and they co-edited the avant-garde literary magazine, Yugen, and they had eight issues. They also founded Totem Press, where they published Beat Poets, Jack Kerouac, and Allen Ginsberg, and more. While collaborating with Corinth, another publishing company, Totem Press published books by Diane DePrima, Frank O'Hara, and Charles Olson. 
and even published an anthology of four young female poets, Carol Burge, Barbara Morath, Rochelle Owens, and Diane Wachowski. Allen Ginsberg introduced Baraka to Langston Hughes at a party that Baraka was hosting. In 1961, Amiri Baraka published Preface to a 20-volume Suicide Note, which was his first poetry collection. That same year, he and Diane De Prima published their first magazine, The Floating Bear. When the magazine released their ninth issue, the U.S. Postal Service seized the magazine and the FBI charged them with obscenity for Williams Burroughs' poem, Roosevelt After the Inauguration. Baraka was having an affair with Diane De Prima and had a daughter together in 1962. Amiri Baraka's mistrust in white people caused him to write the plays The Slave and the Toilet in 1962. He also wrote Blues People, Negro Music in White America, and The Moderns, an anthology of new writing in America, both published in 1963. His play Dutchman really grew his reputation in playwriting. It even won an Obie Award for Best Off-Broadway and was turned into a film in 1967. Dutchman discusses the hatred between black and white people in America and mainly focuses on the political and psychological aspects of black men in 1960s. In this play, there are conflicts between the protagonist, Clay, a black man, and the antagonist, Lula, a white woman. Just by that sentence, I can really feel the impact of this play because of the history behind the ways that white women used to accuse black men in the 60s. So this makes me definitely want to check out this play and film. After the assassination of Malcolm X in 1965, Baraka changed his name from Leroy Jones to Amiri Baraka. He also left his wife and children to move to Harlem during this time as well. While there, he founded Black Arts Repertory Theater School, known as BARTS. BARTS really helped the Black Arts movement thrive and it really attracted many well-known artists, such as Sonia Sanchez, Sun Ra, and Albert Ayler. Sadly, the school was only open for a year, but its closing made other Black artists inspired to create a similar institution. This also caused a thriving expansion of art institutions around the U.S. Baraka was a leading advocate in the Black arts movement. His poetry was seen as very controversial. Around the same time he moved to Harlem, he published a poetry collection called Black Magic, in which he wrote about his separation from white cultures and values. And he wrote it using a lot of beautiful poetic techniques. For example, according to Wellner Solers of Harvard University, Baraka's poem, Black Art, was Baraka's expression on his need to commit violence required to establish a black world. In this poem, Baraka uses onomatopoeia, which is the process of creating a word that resembles, imitates, or suggests the sounds that it describes, almost like animal sounds, like moo or oink are just perfect examples of how you can use onomatopoeia. Baraka expresses his need for violence with onomatopoeia with his usage of er and ta, 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 ta. He poetically shows his frustration for political justice when he says, Let there be no love poems written until love can exist freely and cleanly. And he uses juxtaposition with his lines, We want a black poem and a black world. Black Arts was a huge poetic piece of the Black literacy movement. 
Many young black writers like Nikki Giovanni and Haki Marabuti looked up to him. Sadly, on January 9, 2014, he passed away in Newark, New Jersey. His way of looking at the world expressed through his writing changed many lives around him, and he is still changing lives today. So let's dive into his poem that'll be featured in our Get Lit anthology entitled Kaba. In this poem, he uses a lot of imagery, which really allows you to look into the world the poem is describing. He describes the displacement of Black people and on how Black people are beautiful and our culture is beautiful, but somehow we're so displaced from our beauty that we forget that we have it. What I kind of get from this poem is that Black people are almost detached or almost distrust themselves to really see how beautiful they are and how spiritually open and amazing we are in this world. So here is Amiri Baraka's poem entitled Kaba. A closed window looks down on a dirty courtyard and black people call across or scream or walk across defying physics in the stream of their will. Our world is full of sound. Our world is more lovely than anyone's, though we suffer and kill each other and sometimes fail to walk the air. We are beautiful people with African imaginations full of masks and dances and swelling chants with African eyes and noses and arms, though we sprawl in great chains in a place full of winters. When what we want is sun, we have been captured, brothers, and we labor to make our getaway into an ancient image, into a new correspondence with ourselves and our black family. We read magic. Now we need the spells to rise up, return, destroy, and create. What will be the sacred words? This is... A pretty deep poem, but it's very, very short, and I think it really explains the pain of Black people. And we live in this beautiful world, and we want to experience it, but somehow we're in chains. Some of us are in literal chains, and some of us are in a metaphorical chain that we can't seem to break out of. And... The ending is saying, we need to rise up. We need magic. We need spells. It's more about rising up to change this. And what are we going to do about it? He's calling us. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to get rid of these chains? How are we going to see the world for how it really is? How beautiful it really is? And I truly, truly love this poem. It's so, so powerful. Thank you guys for tuning in with us on all things Amiri Baraka. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and I'll see you guys next week. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched, written, and edited by me, Nia Lewis, alongside Bridget Yang. 
Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire GetLit staff and donors who made this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more of our episodes, this podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G.